This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. I'm talking to Joey Barr, owner of Campus Barber. Now 30, Barr began his career as an apprentice at age 16. He was fond of the Albany shop that taught him his trade, but after four years, plied his scissors and razors in New York City. There he learned some sophisticated techniques, but says he felt like a little fish in a big pond. A decade later, Barr headed back to the capital region and bought his own shop. His grand opening was to be in mid-March, but then barber shops and everything else were shut down to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. But he used the time to renovate his shop and looks forward to opening soon. I would like to start by asking you about your dog. Joe's girlfriend, Jackie Orchard, sent this amazing picture of Joe cutting his dog's hair as his dog sat in a barbershop chair. So your dog is named Zero? Well, it's Jackie's dog, but yes, his name is Zero, and he spends a lot of time with me at the barbershop with me and the customers while I'm cutting hair. So what kind of a dog is he? He's a Samoyed and a White Shepherd mix. God, he's got... We be- think. Yeah, beautiful hair. It's just like white and full and fluffy. So, I mean, do, do you really cut his hair or was that just a cute picture? <laughs> it was a cute picture. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I groom him a lot. He's very high maintenance. You know, that white hair doesn't nice on its own every time he comes out of the water he's got to get bathed and combed out it's a lot of work i bet he loves it yeah i don't normally do it in the barber chair that was special just for you melissa (laughs) well thank you and people who are listening and haven't seen the paper should look at it because not only is zero in the barber chair but zero is zero a male or a female He's a male. So I was going to say he is wearing, you know, one of those barber bibs. What do you call those? Those cloths that you a get. A barber cape. A cape. That makes more sense. Like a superhero. Yes. <laughs> he's wearing that and looking just like a customer. So when he spends most of every day in the shop, what, what do the customers, what do they think about that? Everybody loves him. You know, they he meets them at the door, and they just come right in. They're all over him. You know, they pet him. He's really, he's a great dog. He's very calm, and I haven't heard any complaints so far. He's probably the best thing about this barbershop. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. There's you. But, I mean, there is such a thing. My My mother trained a therapy dog, and she used to go around visiting, like, nursing homes, and it lowers people's blood pressure when they can pat a dog, and it does all kinds of good things for your health. So when people come to your barbershop, they're not just getting a haircut. They're getting a little therapy. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Like, if if... You know, somebody's here, like he just sits with them and hangs out. It's great. That's cool. He's good company, a good friend. 
Yeah, that's just great. Well, so I'd like to hear a little about you and how you became a barber. How how did how did your career unfold? Well, I moved to Albany when I was 16 and I signed up for barber school at um Austin's. I don't think the place is there anymore, but it was a barber and a hair school on Central Avenue. And I had just signed up and I was in the barbershop getting a haircut and talking about it. Just a little barbershop on Western Ave. And the owner told me, he offered me an apprenticeship and he told me that, you know, apprenticeship was the way to learn and I'd be guaranteed a job. So I decided to quit barber school and just take that route. Actually, I think that's a really good route for a lot of things. I find in journalism, I get often people that haven't got a journalism degree, but they learn by doing, and you learn in a very different way, I think, that stays with you. So at 16, you were already in a grown-up job uh, cutting hair. So how how did you learn? Who, who was your mentor in this barbershop? So in the beginning, I was working other jobs too and I would just go into the barbershop and sit and watch and then um, after a couple months you know I would start like cutting friends hair and just doing easy cuts and just kind of learning from doing it but it definitely took time you know I worked hard I had um, a couple people I mean I really I learned from everyone in the shop it was a great shop and I was really lucky to get an apprenticeship I know a lot of people that want to learn and I mean it's it's very hard to come by somebody willing to invest in your future and train you yeah but it sounds like he picked the right guy so just go back you said you know your very first haircut how do you remember that that must be really nerve-wracking because in most careers when you make a mistake you can just kind of quietly fix it (laughs) but when you're cutting somebody's hair it seems like, uh, you know, if something went wrong, that person would be walking around with that mistake in a very obvious place. What what was it like the first time you did a haircut on somebody? Hmm. My first haircut probably went pretty good. Um, it was definitely on one of my friends. I don't, I don't remember exactly who it was or what I did, but I picked easier stuff to do in the beginning. And I had a lot of great people that were, um, you know, overseeing what I was doing and teaching me and were there to help fix any mistakes I made. But there were definitely a lot of times where I would have someone in the chair and, you know, maybe I made a mistake or there was miscommunication and I could tell they were not happy and I didn't do what they wanted. And, um, you know, it happens to everybody in this business and it's definitely not a good feeling but you know the key to just giving somebody what they want definitely talking to them and you know trying to make them happy I mean yeah so I guess I'm still trying to do that every day you know just work with people and figure out what they want 
I would imagine that the flip side is much more satisfying. There's only a probably an occasional mistake. And most of the time, people probably leave your shop feeling like they have a look they like. So how do you figure that out? <laughs> how do you know what it is the person wants when they come in? I mean, like, how do you communicate the, that way? Okay, so everybody's different. I've been doing this for a long time. Some people come in for a haircut every week and you can look at them and, you know, you can see what they had a week ago. It's not hard to tell what a week's hair growth looks like. And then also, you know, you work in one place in a long time, you kind of acquire, you know, you acquire a clientele and you cut a lot of the same people. So, you know, most of my regulars, I already know what they get done. It's very easy. They just sit down. They don't have to tell me, and I can just get right to work. We kind of skip the whole consultation. But What, um, what about with somebody I new? Always, yeah, so I, I get new customers once in a while. It depends. Um, sometimes I get a, a man that walks in, and he just puts his wife on the speakerphone, and she explains what... <laughs> He wants me to do his hair. Uh, and I keep lots of pictures on the wall. So sometimes a customer walks in and they just point at Brad Pitt and say, make me look like him. <laughs> and do you make the person look like Brad Pitt? That's quite a quite a talent. Well, there's, you know, sometimes there's some tough talks before the haircut, but I always do what I can. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, um. I went and looked at some pictures you had up online, and I don't know the names of what it is, but you do a lot of what almost looks like sculpture, like carving out in a person's, like in between their hair, sort of a design. Is there a name for that? Yeah, no, you you hit it right on that. They call it designs, like hair designs. Um, there are a lot of barbers that are a lot better than that at me. Honestly, that is not my specialty designs. But, um, you know, I try to give people what they want. With things like designs, I try to keep it simple. Because, like you said before, I don't want to get in over my head and have someone in my chair that's unhappy. Yeah, but still, they look pretty amazing on there. Um, also, I wonder if you could talk a little about sort of the culture of the barbershop. I, of course, am a woman. <laughs> I have not been in a barbershop. But I know, like, with beauty shops or hair salons for women, there there's a certain culture where um, we have a story this week about a salon in Gilderland Center where um, one of the owners said it's like therapy. You know, women come in and they talk and you get to know them. And um, is there a similar sort of thing going on in a barbershop? It is... Like, what's the yeah, atmosphere? You know, every barbershop has a different atmosphere. Some are better than others. I think as a business owner, I want to, you know, create a great atmosphere. And that just starts with, like, finding other employees that you work well with and get along with. I mean, most of the shops that I worked at, a lot of joking, a lot of friendly, you know, picking on each other and definitely makes the day go by quicker when you work with people you get along with. 
and I think everybody enjoys that. You know, I've um I definitely have like a good relationship and personal relationship with a lot of my customers. So it's great seeing the same people all the time and yeah, hearing I- about their life, the things happening in their lives and you know, I feel like some of these people are like family now, known them for years. It must be if you see them every week, you probably see them more regularly than <laughs> than a lot of their friends. I mean, that's a that's a relationship there. Well, so what other kinds of things does your shop offer besides haircuts? You do shaves and other things yeah. too. Like just you know I don't Basically. really know a lot about barbershops. I do know when I got married, my father thought it would be a great idea for all the groomsmen and my husband-to-be to go down to a barbershop. This was his idea, you know, from when he was a young man, like in the 19, I don't know, 40s. Go down to the barbershop and all get a shave with like hot towels. and So they go down to the barbershop and the guy looks at him and says, what? No, we don't do that. I mean, I I don't know. Like what like what kind of things do you do um, besides the haircutting? So I've gotten a lot of those before. Groomsmen, they want the hot towel shave the day before the wedding or the morning of the wedding. That's great. Working in the city, that's one thing a lot of barbershops push. You got to be able to do a good hot towel shave and I feel like that's a service a lot of shops up here in Albany don't really offer. No. So, so, something so you used to work in New York City. Yeah. I learned how to cut hair up here in Albany. And I worked at the barbershop I apprenticed at for four years. And then I moved to the city. And I worked in Soho at Fellow Barber. And another small barbershop on East 27th. So uh, tell us about a New York City barbershop. How is it different? Uh, I mean, they offer, you said they kind of push this ha- towel shave thing. Um, is, it, is it a different kind of feeling or different kinds of services or different kinds of customers than you get upstate here in the Albany area? Um, yeah, it's definitely different. So in the city, um, a lot of the barbershops that I worked at were definitely, they were bigger operations and more professional in the sense that we always had a receptionist and somebody to handle our, you know, booking our appointments. And they kind of handled a lot of the correspondence between the clients, put them in our chairs, rang them up, all that. So I could just focus on cutting hair. Up here, I book all my own appointments. All my clients are in my cell phone. And, you know, I chat with them myself. So it's definitely like a more personable feel. Albany is a much smaller place than New York City. So I definitely feel like I see a lot more of the same people over and over, which I like, you know, it's I get to know people better up here instead of just, you know, whoever decides, whoever the receptionist decides to put in my chair that day, I can make my own appointments up here. Yeah, that's and great. It's, uh, definitely a more sense of community up here in Albany compared to New York City. Definitely. Well, in New I, York City as... Go ahead. No, I want to hear... Go and finish your thought because I'm going to go back to the hot I, towel shave. <laughs> I don't want to forget that. But So there's more of a sense of community up here. 
Yeah, in New York City, it's like you're a small fish in a big pond, and it's definitely the opposite up here in Albany. Small community, and uh, definitely, I like that a lot more. So is that why you decided to strike strike on your own up here and open your own shop? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I moved back to Albany. I have family up here. But um, definitely, it's a lot easier to open a shop up here in Albany. And I worked up here for a long time, and I missed it. So I feel like it was a good move just coming back. Definitely not something I would ever regret. And so now I'm going back to the hot towel shave. I just want to hear, like, what it is exactly. What, just pretend I've just walked in. I'm a man. And, what, like, what exactly do I do? Um, how does it work? Okay. So, I mean, you'd start by booking an appointment because a lot of times I'm busy. You might not just walk through the door and get in the chair, but you come in, you see me, you know, sit down in the chair. I lean you back. Usually I start with like a facial massage cream or like a facial cleansing cream. Put on gloves massage it into your face hot towel goes over that let that sit for a couple minutes and then i take that off i use hot lather sometimes a second towel depending on like the coarseness of the hair everybody's different some shaves are a little more difficult than others and um you know usually i'll do like one pass with the razor with the grain another hot towel. I also use a hot towel steamer sometimes for the service, which I don't know anybody else up here that does that. I put um, like eucalyptus and different things in that. And it basically just like pours hot steam over the client's face the whole time I'm doing the shave. It's really great. Wow. And uh, all my hot steamed in like eucalyptus. It's like a mint. It's, you know, for people that don't know, it's like a minty kind of scented thing. And all my towels get dunked in eucalyptus water before they get put into the steamer. So, you know, I just try to provide the best service I can. I learned a lot of different techniques in the city that I probably wouldn't have been exposed to if I had just stayed in Albany for my whole career. Yeah, so... It's like the best of both worlds. You were a little fish there in the big pond, but you learned things that you brought back now <laughs> and can use. But I'm just so curious because I didn't even know there were, you said you go with the grain. So a man's beard has a certain grain to it, like wood. Like there's a. So, hair grows in a certain direction. Huh. So depending on, you know, everybody's different. Some people have very sensitive skin, some people don't. So depending on the person and the shave, you know, I always ask before I start how they normally shave, what they do, what type of razor they use. And then, you know, I just assess it from there. And I mean, it's always, you're always safe to go with the grain first. And then after that, sometimes on the second pass, you can go against the grain or sometimes you can just go across the grain. Depending on which direction you go in, you'll get a closer shave, but Comfort is definitely the goal. So, you know, 
Yeah, well, it's I better. Go ahead. Air on the side of safety and keep the customer comfortable. If that means not going against the grain and not getting the closest shave possible, you know, that's usually what I do. Yeah, well, I'm just fascinated that hair grows in a certain way with a grain. And also, I would like to know, other than the fact it must be very relaxing to have this hot towel, what does it do? It softens the hair? Is that the idea? It makes it softer? So when you shave it, it like... what is? It's very relaxing. It's very relaxing. Yeah. It definitely thing I do is to soften the hair and make the shave go as easy as possible. Men deserve to be prepped too. And, you know, I've had a lot of customers fall asleep in the chair during the shave. <laughs> I have to wake <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So it's kind of like being in a spa. You're just kind of like so relaxed. Oh, wow. Isn't that great? Um, hmm. Too bad my husband and groomsmen didn't didn't know about your shop. Of course, you wouldn't have been here then, um, because I got married forty three years ago, and you're only thirty years old. But that's neat. So, are there any other kind of special services like that that you offer that people should know about? Um. So my barbershop. I do haircuts, hot towel shaves, facials. All the haircuts that I do are with the straight razor. Um, you know, I was. Wait, we have to of, back um, up. We have to back up on that. So, a straight razor that is like just a blade, like a. Stra- <laughs> you have to sharpen that. How does that work? Uh, so, with the straight razors. They're all disposable. So the blade gets changed for every time you cut somebody's hair. Okay. But, um, like, normally, you know, you use your normal clippers and scissors for a haircut, but usually every haircut is finished with, like, edging the lines with the razor blade and shaving the back of the neck, which seems like a simple thing, and every barber should probably do it, but a lot don't. And definitely adds, you know, the best touch. A lot of people love it at the end of the haircut. And also, like, sometimes I finish it with a steam towel, too, just to clean clean them up, get the hair off their neck. Wow. You sound like a very careful person, you know? Because here you are working with people in a really intimate way. It must be, you know, it must be good to be such a careful person. Would you describe yourself that way? If by careful, you mean I probably spend too much time on a haircut, then yes, I guess I would describe myself that way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, so I just would like to hear a little about your business. You're right off of Western Avenue in Gilderland. Is that right? Yeah, it's right at the corner of uh, Western and Arcadia. And it's like a really kind of like- cute little building. Maybe cute's the wrong word, but it's kind of like an old-fashioned bungalow. Is that right? Yeah, kind of. It's like a small little residential conversion. It was a salon for 50 years. And the business, the building came up on the market about a year ago. I um, think the old owner moved on. So I was looking for something in this neighborhood for a long time. And 
I saw this place that had lots of parking. It was right across the street from the college. So I loved it. Yeah, well, it looks like a neat place. And you actually started your business when? When did you open up? (laughs) So I signed a lease on, I think it was February 27th. And I had to start doing renovations at the time, a lot of renovations. So I was prepared to do a soft opening around March 18th. It was, uh, I was trying to time it for like right when Albany spring break ended. And <clears throat> I think that was a Wednesday or a Thursday. And it was that Saturday, just a few days later, that they announced that all barbershops had to shut down. Oh, boy. Oh, what a blow. Gosh. So how how did you cope with that? I mean, you know, everybody's coping it, coping with that the way they can. You know, I just try to keep myself busy. In the beginning, um, they were just saying it would be three-week shutdown. So I just wanted to take advantage of that time to finish my renovations and set up the shop and plan a grand opening. But, you know, as we all know, three weeks turned into three months. Yeah. And I think we're kind of coping with it at this point. So tell me about the renovations. What, what kinds of things did you do? So, I mean, the shop was just completely empty and, um, it's a big space. It was a residential building that was turned into a commercial. So it's all open but there's like a lot of little open rooms with big entryways. So obviously I needed to get barber chairs and I had to put up stations and mirrors, lots of TVs, picture frames. I had to find furniture and just kind of, you know, setting up a barber station. I mean, it might look simple, but it's tougher than you think. Everything has to be in a good spot. So you can kind of just grab it without having to think about it and work, you know, quick. So um, I made all this, all the wood. There's a lot of wood in here. And uh, I did it all myself by hand. And I had a lot of help from friends and my brother and some of my other family. But it took a lot of time. Well, it looks really nice from the picture that Jackie took. It looks... It looks pristine. <laughs> so you're a woodworker, too. You know how to do that, huh? Yeah, I'm all right. My brother helped me with a lot of it, but I do what I can. Jackie's an incredible photographer, so I don't <laughs> think we're giving her credit. She <laughs> makes it incredible. Well, she took a great picture. So are you going to be reopening soon now that barbershops with certain restrictions are allowed to start having customers come in? Well, ideally, I can uh, plan a grand opening as soon as possible, but right now I'm still going over the regulations and everything really depends on the availability of supplies. So with the... um, you know, the riots and everything, a lot of the um, barber supplies that I would use on Central Ed that I've been using for years kind of got cleaned out and I've 
have been looking for like things like capes and you know it seemed like simple things disposable capes or even just a lot of regular capes that I can wash you know every time after I use them sanitizers and these things are very hard to get right now I went I spent half the day looking for capes last I think it was just a couple days ago last week and um I couldn't find them anywhere I mean the limited supply that these places had probably got cleaned out by other shops that might have been uh you know late to start searching for these things but um so what a double whammy. No. First, you have the pandemic shutting your shop down just as you're about to open. And now, both because of the protests damaging the shops and the, all the new restrictions that you have to put in place, it just makes it kind of like you're stuck in quicksand, doesn't it? <laughs> just hard to move. Um, wow. But I like your attitude. You just seem to be very positive um, and not really complaining or belly aching, just moving forward. Um, do you have, our time has gone so fast. Do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like people to know either about you or your shop or Jackie, <laughs> anything you want to end with that's important to you? Um, no, you know, everything. I'll be looking to hire employees soon and hopefully I can plan a grand opening as soon as possible. I'm kind of waiting to hear what's going to happen with the college right across the street because I was hoping to bring in new barbers and having, you know, UAlbany right there is a great resource. There's not a lot of barbershops in this area. So, you know, it's a delicate situation. But I'm happy to be here and I'm excited for the future. I definitely, you know, hope for the best and I'm sure everything will work out fine. I like your attitude and I thank you so much for just kind of opening our eyes to the world of a barbershop. <laughs> I have learned a lot. Thank you so much.